0: We are grateful to the Lord our God that, once again, we can listen to what He has to say to us. Today, we are talking about the theme, Bearing Fruit for the Glory of God. Bearing Fruit for the Glory of God. And when we talk about Bearing Fruit, basically it means becoming what God wants us to be. Okay? Being able to do what God wants us to do. Being able to go wherever God wants us to go. Okay? And so, as we come before the Lord our God this this morning, we are grateful that the Lord did not leave us trying to guess which one is the right thing to do and which one is the wrong thing to do. But rather, He gave us His Holy Scriptures. According to the Psalmist, He said, The Word is a lamp unto my feet, it is a light unto my path. It gives light. in in the darkness, okay? So that we will not be groping in the dark, but rather we will be knowing what uh, we need to do, where we need to go, and who to follow, who to trust, okay? But just in case we will have trouble trying to interpret the Holy Scriptures, God gave us His Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ says, "The the Spirit of Truth, when He comes, He will lead you into all the truth. He will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance the things that I taught you. And not only that, He will show you things to come. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so praise be to God. I'm talking about the Word of God. I'm preaching. I don't want to preach from my own ideas. I don't want to preach from my own opinions. But rather, I would like to speak from what God says. Why? Jesus Christ said, His word, heaven and earth will pass away, but what? my words will never pass away. No matter that it was spoken more than 2,000 years ago, it's still good today. Amen? It's still powerful today. That's what, at least that's what the Word of God says. The Word of God is alive and is powerful. And so, as we listen to the Word of God, we are listening to the words of power. And so today, as we've listened to the different readings, there are many things that we can talk about. But I believe that this is the lesson that God is wanting to emphasize to us. It doesn't mean it's the only lesson. It doesn't mean that the other things that you learn from this are not important, they are. But I believe this is what God is communicating to the church, our church, this morning, okay? And it is this. "...having received everything from God, let us make use of them, that we might bear fruit for His glory." Okay? "...having received everything from God, let us make use of them, that we might bear fruit for His glory." One more time. Having received everything from God, let us make use of them, that we might bear fruit for His glory. Okay? Now, as we look at the Holy Scriptures, we, we, we listen to the Old Testament reading. We find an unusual story here, because what Jesus Christ talks about here sounds very much similar to what Isaiah talked about. God says, I planted my vineyard, okay? I was the one who did it. I personally cultivated it. I did not assign it to somebody else, I personally did it, okay? I placed everything in it. In other words, there was nothing lacking. I built a fence around it, I made sure there's a tower, a guard tower, so that when enemies are trying to come in, uh, you can already see them while they're still far away. Uh, I, I made sure the soil within the vineyard is fertile. It will bear fruit. But then he says, instead of bearing good grapes or good fruit, it bore wild fruit. Okay? So the problem here, you think about it. What's the problem here? God already gave everything. And everything that God gives is good. You understand what I'm saying? You have to understand something here that God never makes a mistake. Hello? Okay? So when He made the vineyard, and He planted the good soil in there, and He made sure the vineyard was equipped with every good thing, it was designed to bear good fruit, okay? Here he says, instead of bearing good fruit, it was bearing bad fruit. So what went wrong? Okay? We need to understand something here, church. When we say that God is in control, we know that eventually everything according to God's purposes will be fulfilled. But there are some things that are in your control. you understand what I'm saying? You are in control of your life. Okay? We can either surrender our lives to God, and say, God, I surrender my life to you. And when you say that, what you're saying to God is this, The choices I will be making for my life are the choices that you have given me. I will make my choices based on the principles that you have taught me, you have shown me from your Holy Word. That's what it means, okay, when you submit your life to God. Okay, you're saying, I'm releasing my control of my life to you. Some people do not relinquish control of their lives to God. Okay, the Bible says, renew your mind. Who's going to do that? You. Your mind is under your control. You can choose to feed your mind with the Word of God, or you can choose to feed your mind with with, with the things of the world. Your heart is under your control. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can choose to feed your heart with the Word of God, or you can choose to feed your heart with the things of the world. It's up to you. That's why Jesus Christ says, "...from the abundance of the heart, the mount speaks." Okay? Coming to church is under your control. You can choose to come to church, or you can choose not to come to church. God can't make you do anything you don't want to do. Hello? See, when God created us, He created us in His own image in his own likeness. And what God desires for us is that we will continue to grow and develop in that image, to become more and more like him, to become more godly, okay? To uh, be able to conduct our lives according to the standards and the principles of the kingdom of God. It's not an overnight thing. But for us to be able to do that, God already gave us everything we need. He has given us His grace. He has given us His mercy. He has given us the new life. The Word of God says, now in Christ Jesus, we have become a new creation. The old things have been taken away. All things have become new. God took out our sinful heart when we surrendered our life to Christ. And God gave us a new heart. It was a heart designed to obey God, to follow God, not to rebel against God. Hello? God has given us His angels. God has given us the kingdom of heaven. God has given us His grace. God has given us His Holy Spirit. Everything we need to overcome, God has given to us. You understand what I'm saying? Let me ask you this How are you today? Suddenly you're not sure. Let me say it again. How are you today? Are we saying that just to feel good? No, we're not saying that just to feel good. We are saying, declaring a truth that God says to us. What truth? It is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? He didn't say, God has blessed you with some blessings. He didn't say, God has blessed you with a majority of the blessings. Okay. He didn't say, God has blessed you with 98% of the blessings. He didn't say, He has blessed you with 99.99% of the blessings. No, He says, God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, right? If you've got everything, what else is there? You've got everything, it's yours. That's what he's saying. Anything and everything that should work in your favor, he has given to you. Hallelujah. And that's also echoed, that's what St. Paul said in Ephesians. Uh, St. Peter said in 2 Peter, his divine power has given to who? Suddenly, you're not sure. His divine power has given to us. Tell your neighbor, that beats you. His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. That is what St. Peter said. And he said this by the power, inspiration of the Holy Spirit in his second epistle. His divine power has given us everything that pertains to life and to Godliness. That means whatever we need to overcome in this natural life and in our spiritual life, God has given to us. You understand what I'm saying? Will those things that God has given to us work? Let me ask you a question. Will those things that God has given to us work? Yes. I mean, God's not a politician. He doesn't make promises just to get a vote, and then after that, He forgets. Okay? When God gives you a promise, He has full intention of fulfilling them. But Jesus Christ said, ask and you shall receive. He was not just tickling our ears. He was telling you something he was willing to do for each and every one of us. Right? But not many ask. Hello? Hello? The Lord says, cast all your cares upon me. Because I care for you. But many people choose to worry about their cares instead of casting it on the Lord. Jesus Christ says, when you pray, He didn't say, if you pray, He said, when you pray, He expects us to pray. Right? When you pray, go into your inner room and pray in secret, and your Father, who sees you in secret, hears you in secret, will reward you openly. How many people take the time to pray? To have their quiet time, not many and they wonder why they don't see the blessings of God in their lives. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, it's not a matter of the blessings of God not working. The blessings of God will always work. It's not a matter of the promises of God not getting fulfilled. If God said it, He would fulfill it. The Bible very clearly says, God is not a man that he should lie. If He says something, and you put your faith into it, He will not disappoint you. That's what He said, okay? The problem in, in, in Isaiah chapter, in, in the first reading, is that even though Israel has had received everything from God, there were times that they were disobeying God. You understand what I'm saying? The reason why they were not bearing fruit was not because the word of God did not work. They worked. It was not because God was not faithful to them. God was. It was not because the covenant that God cut with them was not effective. It was. The reason it did not work for them because they did not work the promise of God. I mean, like the first, the first commandment, I am the Lord your God you shall have no other gods with me. How many times did Israel go through a time of worshiping another God? Amen? I mean, everything that God, everything that they needed to overcome, God gave to them. But they did not use what God had given them. And they did not bear good fruit. And so, this is the reason why that was a statement given to us by the Holy Spirit this morning, okay? Let us, you know, let us make use of everything that God has given us, that we might bear fruit for His glory. If we don't use that, we won't bear fruit. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen? It's like watching something on TV. You know, you, you know the uh, infomercials that we have. There are certain channels; they sell certain things. Okay, buy now. It's only five thousand pesos, but if you order now and you call this number eight nine 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 and you order now, we will slash three thousand. You get this for two thousand. But not only that, we will include the other things if you order now. So you get excited, right? You order the item, you call the number, you order, you make your payment in the bank, and suddenly the order comes. You unpack it, you put it there, and it just stays there. If it's a portable gym, you're not going to build muscles if you just keep looking at it. I wonder why it's not working. I ordered this five months ago, no muscles yet. It's not going to work if you're just going to look at it. you understand what I'm saying? You have to use that to make it work in your life. Amen? It's like a simple thing like prayer. James says, you have not because you ask not. Simple, right? You don't ask from God, you don't get it. I mean, Jesus Christ was the one who said, "Ask." But doesn't God already know what I need? Yes, He does. So why do I have to ask? Because Jesus Christ said so. You understand what I'm saying? Hello. So we need to understand that, Church. God has given us everything. Now let me let me let me go through the scriptures. Jesus basically given you the ideas. Let me just read from verse 33 to verse 41. Here another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, built a tower, and he leased it to the wine dressers and went into a far country. When he talks about a parable, it's not just giving us a story. He's trying to tell us how the kingdom of God works. The, the, the landowner here represents God, but this time, it represents Israel, he listed it to them. When he talks about, <clears throat> he planted the vineyard, he built a tower, he made sure there's a white desk. he made it self-sufficient, everything it needs was given to him, there was nothing lacking. This is the nature of God who blesses us abundantly, okay? And then, because he blesses us, the first principle we need to understand is this, God has a right to expect fruit from us, okay? God has a right to expect fruit from us. We know that when we talk about the promises of God, we know that we have a right to expect from God, right? Hello? And it's not being proud, it's not being arrogant, it's being believing. God says, I will supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If God had not made that promise, I would not have a right to expect my needs to be met. But because He made that promise to us, I go to God when I have needs and I say, God, I have this big need and I need you to fill it. You promised us that you would supply our every need according to your riches and glory. And so God, I'm asking you, Supply this need and I thank you for it. I expect that prayer to be answered because it is based on his promise Hello Okay And when I pray I expect an answer because God said ask and You shall receive, right? Did God say that or not? Did God say that or not? He said it, right? Something we're not sure. Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open to you. And just in case you didn't get it, he repeats it this time and he says it in the most positive verse. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door shall be open. Do you think Jesus Christ was saying that to us just to impress us? No, He said that to us, He's trying to communicate to us that the Father has made the Kingdom of Heaven available to us whenever we come to Him. And all we have to do is ask in faith and humility. Hello? Amen? It's not difficult, it's not rocket science. Jesus Christ did not say, if you achieve a degree in theology, then you will have enlightenment. Then all your prayers will be answered. If you're able to write an A-plus thesis on the incarnation of Jesus Christ, then all your prayers will be answered. That's not what he said. It's not rocket science. He made it so simple. He says, ask and you shall receive. It's not hard. Hello? Okay? That's what he said. So that's the first principle there. We we know we have a right to expect because of the promise he's given us. And God wants us to expect that. Okay? For example, how many of you have given to God? Do you expect something back? You should. Because I've heard people teach When you give to God, you should not expect something back. Why? He made a promise. Right? Jesus Christ said, Give and it shall be given back to you a full measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be given to you. Why don't we want to expect something back? Are we more spiritual than Jesus? Do we have more nobler standards than Jesus? I'm just asking questions, church. Because sometimes we, got, we have these religious ideas that do not conform to what Jesus Christ taught. He's the one who taught us, you give, and it will be given back to you. Okay. So when I give to the Lord, I fully expect to receive something from the Lord. He said it. If He didn't say it, I wouldn't expect it. So yeah, we have a right to expect from God because of the promises He made. But you need to understand that this covenant that we have with God it's a two-way thing, because God is our God. We expect Him to protect us, we expect Him to guide us, we expect Him to deliver us, we expect Him to provide for us, we expect Him to help us, we expect Him to give favor to us. Those are the things that He promised us as God. But He's not just my God, I am His. We. His people. Right? So He expects from us worship. He expects from us loyalty. He expects from us commitment. He expects us to bear fruits. Okay? And He made sure we would not fail by giving us everything. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like Moses and the children of Israel and they were facing the Red Sea. In front of them, the Red Sea. Behind them, the armies of Egypt bent on annihilating them. On one side, mountains. No time to go there. On the other side, desert. They were exposed. They had nowhere to go. And. Moses faces the people who are, beco- who are becoming nervous. And he says, All you have to do is stand still and see the salvation of God. And he started praying to God. And God said to Moses, Why are you cro- crying out to me? God asked Moses, Moses, why are you crying out to me? Extend your rod. Did I not give you power in your rod? Extend your rod towards the sea, and tell the children of Israel to cross over. It was when he extended it that the waters parted. In other words, God was saying to Moses, Why are you acting like you don't have power? I gave you power, Moses. Why are you asking me to do something? Moses, I gave you authority, I gave you dominion, and I gave you power. Use what I've given you. Extend your rod, and then the waters it. Hello. No. There's a a person who walks in the office and ministry of a of prophet. And this person gave a prophecy th- th- this week. I just read about it. And this person said, I want you to walk in miracles. It's like God is speaking to this person. And there are many things I'd like to do for you. But some of your mountains will not. Go Away, you're asking me to make your mountains go away. Why are you asking me to make your mountains go away when I gave you the instruction that you speak to your mountain? Hello, isn't that what Jesus Christ says in Mark 11 23? Very, very, I say unto you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be uprooted, and be thrown to the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he will have whatever he says. He says, speak to the mountain. And many people would rather speak to God about the mountain, but God says, speak to your mountain. You speak to your mountain like I told you to do, I'll move that mountain. That's what God said to that person. And what he was saying, what this person was saying was scriptural. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so let's continue with this. Basically, this is the nation of Israel because they did what they did. It was taken away from them. Now when the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive his fruit. He expects fruit from them. And the vine dressers took the servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Okay, again, he sent other servants Look, if they kill your first servants, if I were the owner of the vineyard, I would not send a second batch of servants. I would send an army. They killed my servants? How dare they? It's not their vineyard. I loaned it to them. I provided for that vineyard. I fertilized it. I fixed it myself. I made sure it was equipped with the highest standard and I made them make use of that, and all I'm asking for them is the fruit. They can keep their share, all I'm asking is my share. I did all the work. I made it complete. Now all they have to do is cultivate it some more, and if there's fruit, they can keep their share, and I get to eat mine. And I send my first batch of servants, and they kill them? How dare they? I'm going to send an army if I were the the landowner. And I suspect there are others who will be like that also. Right? But this is God. And so he sends another batch uh, of servants. They kill him also, they kill them also. Then verse 37, last of all, he sent his son. How many of you, after your tenants kill your servants, will send your son to collect the rent. I wouldn't. You understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't. I wouldn't send my son. Well, what about your daughter? Also, I will not send my daughter. You understand what I'm saying? Right? But this is God. What He's saying here is He's, he's giving us more than enough. This is mercy. Instead of judging them right away, he gives them mercy, chance after chance. But then they kill his son. And then he says, verse 3, when the vinebreds saw the son, they they killed themselves. They talked among themselves this, the here, let's kill him and let's seize the inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard, killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do? He will take it from these people and give it to the others who will bear fruit the prestige was taken from Israel, it was given to the church. You understand what right? I'm saying? So, the lesson that they have, same lesson we have. God has given us everything, let us bear fruit. Okay? That's the first principle, recognize God has a right. The second principle is this, and we don't have time to read through all of this, so I'll end it right here. Submit willingly, and do not resist God's rights. Okay? He says, "This is the stone which the builders rejected. He who falls on the stone, pieces will be taken out. But on him the stone falls on, he will be ground to powder." What does that mean? If you willingly submit to God, then those things that should not be in your life, He will take out from you, make you better than you were before. Okay? But if you refuse, and you have know, stuck, the stone will crush you. Ground you the powder none of you will be left. you understand what I'm saying. when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ you can either bend your knees or have your knees broken. okay now let me just uh, end this with a story there's a, there a man named Graham Cook he's written a lot of books but as I listened to one of his testimonies he said that he came from a crime family. Okay, and so he heard about the Lord Jesus Christ and he got converted to, to him. And basically what he was thinking was, I gave my life to crime. I was willing to do anything for crime, but now that I'm with the Lord, well, I served the devil through crime. Now I'm going to serve Jesus. I'm going to serve the King of Kings. So uh, he didn't have uh, a theology education. He didn't have... Uh, In other words, he was basically new in the Lord. He had some knowledge of what the Bible says, but he hasn't really seen everything. But he understood that people were going into the field because they needed to hear the good news about Jesus. So he volunteered to go to the mission field. He said that I was basically new to spiritual warfare. He started some teaching but he probably did not understand everything he heard about spiritual warfare. So this was a mission that he was going to, and I think he was going to Africa, okay? So here he was with a couple of students, I think there were four students with him, and they go to Africa, and they had high hopes, you know. They listened to the testimonies of people who went to church, of people converting to the Lord. So they were thinking that's going to be the thing that will happen there. They were imagining they would walk into one of the villages in Africa and that they would preach the good news through an interpreter. People would kneel down and give their lives to Christ and it would be a victory for the kingdom of God. That's probably what they were thinking. Okay? You know, he had little knowledge, but what, what he knew, he was going to use for the Kingdom of God. So now, here, they, they see this village, and they're walking to this village. And all of a sudden, he says, one guy comes out of the village, and he was screaming. He was covered with coats. You know, His eyes were wild. It was a witch doctor. It was the first time he's ever seen a witch doctor in person. And which witch doctor was screaming and shaking and, you know, he held those things, those magic things, in his hand. And he says, I really don't understand what he was saying, but I understand he was cursing us. He was using demon power to curse us. So he's wondering what, what we were going to do in this situation, because they were not equipped for this situation. So he looked for his friends. The four students were running away. <laughs> okay? Well, he says, I came from a crime family. I do not back away from a fight, okay? All I knew is I had God. This guy had the devil. And I know that God is greater than the devil, except that he knows what to do based on the devil's instruction. And I'm asking God, God, what are we supposed to do now? He says, I've heard some teaching on spiritual warfare, but then all of a sudden, that comes along, and all the teaching goes out. you understand what I'm saying? It's like, in the beginning, some of the ladies, we were talking about authority the believer. Yes, we have authority, in Jesus' name, hallelujah, in Jesus' name, a mouse comes along, no more authority. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So, Whatever he heard on spiritual warfare, he says, I just don't remember them anymore. All I know is this guy's coming at me. He's got skulls, he looks scary, he's wild, but I'm not running away from the fight. I know i have God. God just don't know what to do right now. And God, God, please tell me what to do. And he says, all I could remember was the song I would listen to while I was not yet converted. He says, I would go in this bar in Liverpool and I would buy Mick Jagger a drink. And I would listen to his song. I can't get no. Right? That's all I could remember. This guy was cursing me. This guy was chanting with his magic. And I know I have to do say something from the word of God. Yeah. If that were the case with you, what would you do? What would you say? I rebuke you in the name of Jesus, right? You know that, right? He forgot that. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He forgot it. He says, "All I can remember is that song by Mick Jagger. I can't get no satisfaction." I said, "God, what am I going to do? All I can remember." And there was nothing else. Okay, God, this is all I have, and it is all I have. This is what I'm going to get. This is what I'm going to use. So this guy chants him, curses him, uh, sends him to hell, sends the demons against him. And so he says, I open my radio, and he gives me information to misfire my imagination, but it's so useless, I can't get out. And he said, The witch doctor stops in his tracks, opens his eyes, I mean he was terrified and he screams and he runs away. Okay, he runs away and according to him that witch doctor was never seen from again. And he said, God what just happened there? And he said, God was not answering because God was laughing very hard. It's a gun. What what, what just happened there? And God stole him. You know, son, I'm trying to teach you something. Think about what happened. Think about what happened. I'm trying to teach you something, son. And so I started thinking and said, oh, okay, I get it. Okay, God, with you on my side, I might have the spirit of stupid, but I will still win you so, what I'm saying: everything God had, He had authority. He didn't know He had it. He didn't know how to use it. But by resisting this evil force, James says, "Resist the devil, and he will flee from you." Right? What God gives you permission to do, you have the authority to do. He didn't know it. He didn't realize it but he put one of those principles into action. He was not using the right words. (laughs) I do not recommend that you memorize Mick Jagger. Okay? It's better that you remember, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But he says, that's all I remember. In other words, he says, I learned from God that day. I could be using the wrong thing, but because I'm trusting God, It will work. Amen? Problem with many Christians, they don't really use what they have. We know how to pray. We should pray, we don't. We know we should read the Holy Scriptures, we don't. We know we should go to church, but at least you guys made it to church. Some of those not here, they, they don't. Some of us who hear the principles of God know we have to apply them, but some have excuses why they can't, and that's the reason it doesn't work. Make use of what God has given you; then you will bring fruit for His glory. Amen. Now, how many of you receive satisfaction today? Okay, let's all stand and let's uh, manifest the fruit.